Franken-Teddy. Once upon a time, in a remote castle, lived two children, a brother and sister named Percy and Mary. He was nasty, and she was nice. Percy was one of the world's worst children. Oh, sorry, wrong book. But it is true. The boy spent every waking moment trying to make his sister cry. The castle was perched high on a cliff, overlooking a raging sea. What made this castle special was that there was a secret laboratory hidden deep inside. The laboratory belonged to the children's father. His name was Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Cue thunder and lightning. Followed by a stab of dramatic music. Dr. Frankenstein was a tall, thin man with pale skin and dead eyes. It looked as if he hadn't slept in years, which was true. That was because he was a scientist who had a deep and dark obsession with bringing the dead back to life. As a result, Frankenstein had been shunned by his fellow scientists. His experiments were considered deadly dangerous and deeply troubling. Frankenstein became infamous. However, that infamy just spurred him on. Day and night he toiled in his laboratory. He was a cold and heartless father. All he cared about was his work. Sometimes Frankenstein crept out of his castle in the dead of night and returned at dawn with sacks over his shoulder that dripped blood. Mary would see the red spots on the stone stairs leading down to the laboratory and wonder what on earth her wicked father was up to. She and her brother were forbidden to enter the laboratory. One night, her curiosity got the better of her. Mary tiptoed down to the laboratory door and peeped through the keyhole. The girl could not believe what she saw. Her father was sewing together body parts he must have dug up from the graveyard. The man had made a monster. It was lying on a slab in the middle of the laboratory. A complex metal apparatus with circles and wires dangled overhead. As he went about his work, Frankenstein babbled to himself. I will become immortal. I will go down in history not as a man, but as a god. Because as soon as lightning strikes, electricity will pass through the monster's body. And I, the great Victor Frankenstein, will achieve the impossible. I will bring the dead back to life. From that day on, Frankenstein would rarely emerge from his laboratory. When he did, he would climb the staircases to the very top of the castle and stand on one of the turrets. A huge kite attached to a metal wire flew overhead. Lightning! Strike! Frankenstein would command. But none came. 
With his father so preoccupied with his deadly experiment, his son Percy was free to run riot. As their mother had long left the castle, the boy could unleash a reign of terror on his little sister. Percy would put live worms in Mary's sleep, place a huge block of ice at the bottom of her bed, tell her nightmarish ghost stories right before bedtime. No! Stop! Squash moths in between the pages of her precious fairy tale books. Dress up in a medieval tunic, stick on a false beard and hide behind an empty picture frame, pretending to be a painting. When his unsuspecting sister walked past, he'd shout, Boom! Ah! Hide spiders in her morning porridge, fill her bath with eels, place owl eggs in her hair when she slept. Her hair became a nest, so when Mary woke up, she had a family of owls living on her head. Serve her toad in the hole for dinner. But instead of there being a sausage in the batter, there was a real-life toad. And once, he sneaked into Mary's bedroom while she was sleeping and snatched her precious teddy bear. Next, he took a gigantic pair of scissors and chopped it into pieces. Then, armed with a spade, Percy buried the parts of the bear all over the grounds of the castle. I'm sure you will agree that Percy was a monster. But the boy is not the monster of this story. Oh no. Come with me as we journey into the nightmare world of the monster teddy bear. Now, Mary loved her teddy like no child had ever loved a teddy before. Her life in the castle was desperately lonely. Byron the bear was her one and only friend. It didn't matter that he couldn't move on his own, or talk, or even smile. Mary loved every patch of fur on him. By day, she tucked him up safely in her four-poster bed. By night, she held him tight cuddling him until dawn. So when Mary woke up that morning, she instantly noticed something was very wrong. There was no Byron lying next to her. She looked everywhere, beneath the sheets, beside the pillows, under the bed. But her precious teddy bear was nowhere to be found. Byron! She screamed. The scream echoed all around the castle. Outside the door, Percy was sniggering away at his latest trick. <laughs> but that wicked grin was about to be wiped off his face forever. Mary was a feisty soul. She swung open her bedroom door and shouted, Percy, you vile brute! Where is Byron? Far down the corridor, she spotted her dastardly brother scurrying away. She ran after him, leapt into the air, and tackled him to the ground. Despite being smaller than Percy, she was stronger and pinned him to the floor. Get off me! cried the boy, rolling himself from side to side to escape her clutches. Not until you tell me where to find Byron! I have no idea! I don't believe you! Tell me! Never! Mary spotted that her brother's hands were black with dirt. 
She grabbed one and took a closer look. There was soil under his fingernails. You buried him, didn't you? No! Mary hated to resort to torture, but felt she had no choice. She twisted her brother's ears until they went bright red. Ah! Yes! Yes, I did! You will pay for this. You will pay for this if it is the last thing I do. With that, she rose from the floor and marched off down the corridor. She put on her boots and rushed out of the castle into the grounds. Dawn was breaking and a wicked wind had whipped up from the sea. There were little mounds of earth all around. This must be where the parts of Byron were buried. Defiantly, Mary grabbed the spade lying on the ground nearby, and, one by one, she dug up the remains. Bits were buried everywhere. Byron's head, his arms, his legs, his ears, his nose, his eyes, and of course, his body. His fur was blackened from the soil. It was dusk by the time Mary had found and dug up all the pieces of Byron. She took them all up to her bedroom and attempted to sew him back together. However, the girl had no clue how to sew. With tears in her eyes, she sewed and sewed. Sadly, by the time she had finished, Byron looked monstrous. Arms and legs were in the wrong places. His head was sewn on back to front. One of his eyes had gone missing. His ears had been placed far too low. His beautiful thick brown fur was damp, dark and pongy. Byron looked like a monster. I am sorry. You look terrifying now, Byron. Then Mary had a thought, a wicked thought. So wicked... It was genius. But you would give my brother a terrible fright. If only I could attempt what my father is trying to do and bring you to life. Now that would be seriously scary. Just then, she heard a rumble of thunder outside her window. A storm was breaking. Lightning was sure to strike. Mary dashed down to the depths of the castle, clutching her bear. She hid in the shadows until her father scurried out of his laboratory and raced up the stone steps. As he did so, Mary slipped inside. Immediately, she shivered. The laboratory was spoo-tastic. A real word you will find in your Williams Dictionary. Chemicals bubbled away in test tubes. A huge blackboard with hundreds of mathematical equations scribbled in chalk hung on the wall. All around the laboratory, body parts floated in jars. A brain, a heart, a hand, eyeballs, a foot, even a buttock. The monster was still laid out on the slab, motionless. Mary tiptoed over to take a closer look. It had a swollen head, green skin, and odd hands and feet sewn on it. It was monstrous, which is just as well as it was a monster. Either side of the monster's temples were two metal discs. These discs were connected by wires to the metal rings overhead. Mm. 
These must be to bring the monster to life. Quickly, she detached them from the monster and put them on to her teddy bear's head instead. Lightning had at last struck. But nothing happened. Looking up at the apparatus, Mary noticed that a wire had come loose. <gasps> Father must have missed this. She whispered to herself. She climbed up onto the slab and put the end of the wire in what looked like the right place. Mary removed her hand just in time as... A bolt of lightning must have finally struck the kite because the rings lit up. Sparks flew from the wire and the metal discs glowed. Then the impossible happened. The monster teddy blinked its eye. It was alive. The thing stood perfectly upright before looking at her. Hastily, Mary placed the metal discs back on the monster's head. If her father found out she had ventured into his laboratory, he would punish her like never before. Next, Mary grabbed her monster teddy and darted out of the laboratory. Hearing her father's footsteps echoing along the corridor, Mary hid in the shadows until he passed. He slammed the door behind him. Outside the castle, the storm raged. Thunder! Lightning! Monster Teddy! Said Mary, placing him down on the ground. I command you to go to my brother Percy's bedroom and give him the fright of his life! The thing nodded its head, and they climbed the staircases to the bedroom floor. Soon they had reached Percy's door. Not tall enough to reach the handle, the monster Teddy looked at Mary, who gently opened the door. It was now the dead of night. Despite the noise of the thunder, the boy was fast asleep in his bed, snoring loudly. <laughs> The monster Teddy marched in. Mary watched from the door, smirking, as it climbed up onto the boy's four-poster bed. It tiptoed over the blanket until it had reached Percy. The monster Teddy sat on top of the boy's head and lifted one of its arms. It brought the arm down at speed, biffing him super hard on the nose. Percy let out a scream of pain. His eyes opened to see the monster looming over him. <sighs> Growled the monster Teddy. No! Cried the boy. He sat bolt upright in bed before trying to yank the thing off his head. However, the monster Teddy had gripped on tight and was now boxing Percy's ears with its paws. Laughed Mary. Percy saw his little sister looking on from the doorway. Make it stop! Never! Percy leapt out of bed and began running down the stairs, all the time trying to wrestle the monster Teddy off his head. Get off me! But the thing had super strength, and it was impossible. Another bolt of lightning struck. As the monster Teddy poked Percy in the eye, the boy bolted down towards his father's laboratory. Mary chased after them. However, as they descended into the darkness, 
they heard a deafening roar. They stopped at the top of the steps that led down to the laboratory. Out of the gloom stepped their father. A wicked grin was painted on his face. Children, he began. I want you to meet my masterpiece. Your genius father has made the dead live again. Behold, the greatest creation in the history of the world. Frankenstein's monster! Out of the shadows lumbered a figure. It took its place by its creator's side, dwarfing the doctor. This was a colossus of a creature, the monster to end all monsters. <laughs> Percy and Mary trembled with fear. Father, wh what have you done? Spluttered Mary. The impossible, he replied. The only one who wasn't scared was the monster Teddy. To Percy's relief, it slid off the boy's head all the way to the floor. What devilment is this? Demanded father. Oh, I forgot to mention. I achieved the impossible too. I brought my teddy bear back to life. But you are a mere child. Still got their first pops. The monster teddy marched over to Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Roared the big monster at the little monster. But the monster teddy wasn't the least bit frightened. <sighs> Growled the little monster. The big monster scooped it up into his hands. Don't destroy it! Cried Mary. Her father flashed a sinister smile. It will be ripped to shreds, you silly little fool. I was talking to my teddy. What? You'll see. Percy nodded his head in agreement. Sadly for the big monster, the little monster did not obey its creator's command. Instead, it bit into the big monster's giant finger. <laughs> Screamed the big monster. Instantly, it dropped the teddy, who then kicked the big monster hard. <laughs> it yelped, clutching itself. It doubled over in pain before pushing past the children to the front door of the castle. Instead of opening the door, it burst right through it. The Frankenstein family and the little monster dashed to the doorway to watch it go. The little monster had the smuggest smile on its furry face. The big monster fled as fast as it could. It stumbled and fell. <laughs> It then began rolling down the hill like a giant ball. As it rolled faster and faster, it broke up into pieces. The great Dr. Victor Frankenstein must have been even worse at sewing than his daughter. First the monster's head snapped off, then an arm, then a leg, then another arm, then its other leg. All the pieces then rolled off the cliff and landed in the freezing sea below. They bobbed in the water, carried away by the tide. No! cried Frankenstein. My life's work destroyed forever! Oops, remarked Mary with a smirk. You will pay for this, Mary. 
Your little life will not be worth living. Hmm. I think not. Monster Teddy is in charge now. A little monster stepped over to her, and she scooped it up into her arms. It growled at Dr. Frankenstein. The man was so terrified, he hid behind his son. Please, don't hurt me, he pleaded. But the teddy marched round and booted the man in the bottom. Dr. Frankenstein burst into tears. <laughs> As his daughter burst into laughter. 